I am Felipe Leon, and on the latest edition of Fresh Faces, we had the pleasure of having 19-year-old Mia Killer B. Ellis of Baltimore, Maryland. If there's one thing Ellis doesn't lack is confidence. Exactly one month away from her pro debut, the amateur standout shares why she believes she is the future of female boxing, her relationship with her father and trainer Kenny Ellis, and whom she wants to fight in the future. Mia, let's talk about your family a little bit before we get into your boxing career. Um, how big is your family? How many brothers and sisters, and where do you fit in the order of your siblings? Okay, uh, I have two older sisters, only have sisters, um, and I, I am the youngest. So. And do, so you, it's all women. Uh, your your mother and father only had girls. Yep. And you're the only one that okay. decided to, to box? Yep, my oldest sister, when she was younger, she, she started out in the gym, but you know, some people, once they step in that ring, it's a different story. So she didn't stick to it. I was the only one that stepped to it. So did she ever do any amateurs or she just didn't get that far? Nope, she didn't even get that far. Have you spoken to her about it? You know, kind of like talked to her about it and asked her like why she ended up not liking it or or, or anything like that? Uh, No, I never asked her because I know how my sister is. She's just not that tight. She's a... Like a model type, so it just wasn't for. <laughs> now, I know your dad is your trainer. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on in the interview. But besides training fighters, what does your dad do at, for a living? For a living, my dad trains fighters. Nothing else that he does. This is all he did. And oh wow! So your whole life, your dad, so your whole life, you only known your father as, as a boxing trainer. Yep, my whole life. And and your mom is a stay-at-home mom? Yeah, she's a stay-at-home mom. She works from home. Yep. Now, you grew up in Boston, in Baltimore, I'm sorry. Tell me about growing up in Baltimore. How is how is the uh, the city life there? Um, it's not as it's not as bad as people make it. Yeah, we have our crazy days. Every city has their crazy days, but it's cool, you know, you you see different stuff. It just makes you go harder just to see better places. But I like it. It's, it's cool. Now, Baltimore is not necessarily known as a boxing city. I mean, there have been fighters that come out of that city. Uh, Gervonta Davis, one of them right now, the uh, former super featherweight WBA right. champion moving up to lightweight. But how much actual boxing is in the city? How many boxing gyms are out there? Is there a, a thriving boxing community there that we just don't know about? Uh, here in Baltimore, there's about five or six boxing gyms here. And they're, they're pretty good gyms. I went, yeah, they're, they're pretty good gyms. There's nothing bad about it. Uh, they all have good fighters coming out of each and every one of them. It's just that they don't get the attention that we have because, you know, we have Javante Davis coming out of our gym, so all of the attention is on us. But they're pretty good. They're pretty good gyms. Let's get into a little bit into into boxing. How did you start boxing? How old were you when you started boxing? And what what obviously your dad being in the gym for his for your whole life. But what was it about boxing that interested you? And how old were you when you started doing it? 
I've been, I've been training since I was three years old, and I'm now 19 years old. Um, I, the reason I started it was because, you know, like I said before, my dad is a coach. So with me being with him most of the time, I went to the gym with him. Since then, he would come home and watch the old tapes. I would watch him with him. So it kind of stuck to me, and I learned the basics just from watching, and I stuck to it, and I loved it. Now, what was it about boxing at that young, early age that, that you liked? I mean, it is a grueling sport. It's very, you have to be very disciplined. Um, right. So what was it about the sport at that age, at three, four, five years old, that, that you remember liking? Well, this might sound crazy, but one day my dad took me to a boxing match, and I saw a guy get his nose busted. So I said, <laughs> well, I want to make somebody nose bleed too. So ever since then, my dad, he he started training me, and my first fight, I busted my nose, and that really made me fall in love with the sport. So how old were you when you had your first amateur fight? My first amateur fight, I was eight years old. So you were training for five years before you had your, your first fight. What was your, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Your dad being the trainer and the trainer for, for your whole for your whole life, and your mom being married to your dad, being around boxing, they, obviously they encouraged it, but was there ever a time when you were a little girl that they maybe tried to tell you maybe this is not the sport for you? No, my parents are the type to where, like, they just, they want their kids to, to learn on their own and just to find out if they like things or not. Um, my dad, he always told me, if you don't want to do it, just say it. You don't have to do it. And but you know, I I liked it, so I stuck to it. My mom, she second guessed herself too, but she she saw how much I loved the sport, so she didn't bother with it. She just let me go ahead and do it. And as a little girl, you know, maybe you're you started at three, maybe you're five, six, maybe eight, and you have cousins come over and they're playing with their dolls, and or there's a party going on or something's going on, and you have to go train. Did you ever second guess? Maybe I don't want to go train. Maybe I want to stay here. Or was it always boxing the most fun with you at, at that age? It was always boxing, right? Like, nothing else really mattered to me. I always wanted to be at the gym. The days the gym was the days the uh, gym were closed, I would just cry. It just wasn't. I just had to be at the gym. I just loved it. Now you got a little bit older. You became a teenager. There's certain things that that happen when you become a teenager. You know, you might start dating, um, parties school functions like homecoming and prom and things like that. Did you get to do all those things or has boxing still been the number one priority in your life, even as a teenager and as a young adult? Fortunately, yes, I was able to do those things like prom and yeah, just like the school activities, but there was like family events that I missed because of tournaments that I had to go to. But I'll, I understood that it'll be a next time. So I just went on to the tournament and did what I had to do. Now let's talk about a little bit about your amateur career. You started at eight years old. Um, so that basically gives you about 11 years of boxing as, a, as an amateur. And you only ended up with 24 fights. Why the small amount of fights 
um, in 11 years? Well, since I've been, you know, training for so long, like I said before, I've been training since I was three, I already had the experience that I needed and the skill. It's still a lot for me to learn, but I know the I know what I need to know. So, with that being said, my dad didn't really want me to have so many fights. Like, Javante Davis, he had over 200 fights. It was really no need of me doing all that fighting in the amateurs because I have the knowledge that I need, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was more of a strategic type of thing from your father that instead of getting a lot of experience with fights, you were just going to have it because you've been in the gym so long. Right, exactly. Now, you ended up suffering four losses as an amateur. Tell me about that first loss. How old were you? How did it happen? And how did you feel um, when you suffered that first loss? My first loss, I was 11 years old, and I took it really bad because it was a it was a lesson learned. I was actually I was actually a raw like I I really won the fight. I gave the girl eight counts. You know I dropped it and everything, and the judges still gave it to her. So it was a it was a lesson learned. I took it bad because it was my first loss, but it was a lesson learned and. I, I learned that some some things like that happened. The judges had favoritism, so and it was in her town, so I I understood it. Um, those other losses, I actually really out of those four losses, I only lost I only really lost one fight. The rest of them was robberies. Who was that one loss that you feel that you you lost? I, I it was so long ago. I can't I can't remember her name, but it was it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. Uh, we both had the flu, but we wanted to still put on the show because we was the main event and the headline of the fight. So we had to do it. But it was a good fight. Do you remember your last loss as an amateur? How old were you then? My last loss. My last loss, I, I think I was about thirteen. It was so wow. long ago. Yeah, it's so long ago. 13. Yeah. Now even, now even though you only had the less than twenty five fights as an amateur, you did went on to win, um, a lot of uh, of uh, accolades as an amateur. I mean, you won uh the Golden Gloves uh two thousand nine, yep. two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. 2014, you made it to the Junior Olympic State Tourney in 2015 or 17, and then you you were in uh, other tournaments. Is there any right. names that you faced in those tournaments that we may know now? You know that they're pros now that that you faced back then as an amateur. Uh, no, because most of the girls that I fought, they were, I guess they was. I don't want to say just trying to sport out, but you know, some people just don't stick to it. Or some of them may not just have that name just yet, but no, none of them. Nah, it's, nah. Nah, nobody that's gone pro. No, nah, nobody's gone pro. At, now that you, I mean, you obviously you're going to end your amateur career. What what weight were you competing at uh, at the end of your amateur career? For this, for my professional debut, I'll be competing at 140, and then after that, I'll be 
going down to 135 and maintaining 135. So as an amateur at the end, you were competing at 138? Yep, 138. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard about the 50-state challenge. Why don't you explain what that what that was? Okay, so the 50-state challenge, it was for me to fight one girl from each state, and in order for me to turn pro, I would have to beat 50% of those girls. But the reason why we didn't complete that challenge was because we would call girls to fight. They would agree to fight. And then when the date comes, they wouldn't show up or they wouldn't, you know, conversate with us. So it was kind of hard for me to find fights. We was aiming for me to fight every month, at least once every month. But it wasn't working out because of that situation. People wouldn't want to compete with me because I guess they know who I am and what gym I come from. So it wasn't really working out. So we decided just to go ahead and turn pro. Who came up with the challenge? Did Was it your dad? Was it you together? And why the 50% win, uh, win a score to be able to turn pro? My dad came up with the challenge. And we came up with it because he wanted me to go to the Olympics, but I wanted to turn pro. So mm. that was that that was a that was the deal that we came up with. So he said if I could beat the fifty percent, then I could go ahead and turn pro. If I don't, then I, I I would have to go to the Olympics. Let's talk about a little bit about that. Give us the reasons why your dad wanted to go to the Olympics and the reasons why you didn't and you'd rather go pro. The reason why he wanted me to go to the Olympics was just to get the just to just to you know say that I went and I experienced it. But he did believe that I could win the gold, and I did believe that too. I really did. But I just felt like right now is the perfect time for me to turn pro because of you know women's boxing is really picking up right now. If you think about it, it's really picking up. And I, I, yeah, I just felt like right now was just the perfect time. So the main coach is still your father. I mean, he's your the main the head coach in your in your uh, career. Yeah, it's my father. Yeah, he's my main coach. Now training with your dad, obviously he's your father. He's raised two other young women uh, before you. How is it training with your dad first in the gym? You know, is there certain rules? I mean, I've met other women that trained with their father and the rule was inside the gym you're my coach and outside the gym you're my dad and there's like that different dynamic so how is it training in the gym with your dad what is your rules like the one i just mentioned or how does it work inside the gym well my dad he never he never mentioned that to me in and out the gym he's my dad um you know, in the gym, I call him dad. It's not Coach Kenny. Um, it's and it's the same vibe. It's the same vibe. He don't treat me different, and I don't treat him different. In and out of the gym. Now, does it change somehow the dynamic, you know, the father daughter dynamic that he's your coach outside of the gym? I mean, let's say um, you don't do something in the gym the way you should. And then you plan to go out somewhere on a Saturday night with your friends. He says, well, if you don't do this, if you don't do your 100 push-ups, you're not going to go out on Saturday <laughs> night with your friends. You know, is there something like that going on? 
or is it or is it completely separate? No, it's it's completely different because he knows he knows that I'm disciplined and I'll do what I have to do. So it it never came down to that. I always did what I had to do, and all of that came after after boxing. You know, I I'm the type to just stay focused and not worry about what's going on in the fun life. How about the family dynamic with your mom and with your sisters? Um, I don't know if your sisters might say, you know what, you're always with dad and you got all his attention and, and all that. Is there something that you notice as far as inside the family that is affected by the fact that he's your trainer as well as your dad? No, they all understand what's going on. Um, they never, they never mentioned that he gives me more attention or anything like that. They support me um, just as much as I support them and what they do. And it's just a family thing. How would you describe your style as far as your boxing style inside the ring? How would you describe that? Um, I could describe it well. I could brawl or I could box. It all depends on my opponent. I got to make it work. What do you like to do more? Do you like to brawl or do you like to box? I like to brawl more than I like to box. <laughs> now, does that, and does your dad like you to brawl or does he like you to box more? He, my dad, he likes me. He likes me to box more, but he knows he knows when it's time to brawl, it's time to brawl. Now, let's go back a little bit before we get into the other questions that I have because you just sparked something in me. Tell me about the, the toughest amateur fight that you had. Maybe that you didn't lose it, you know, because you, we already talked about that. But maybe a fight that was a tough fight against a tough opponent and you really had to, um, you know, find something else inside of you to be able to pull out the win. Tell me about that fight if you can remember. My toughest fight, my amateur career, I could say it was – my last fight because I had to lose 17 pounds in two weeks, 10 days. Yeah, it was 10 days because, like I said before, the opponents will pull out. So with this situation, my opponent fell out two days before the fight. So we had to find a whole nother opponent. And the opponent we found, she was she weighed in at 127. So mm -hmm. I had to come in at 130. And I was originally supposed to fight at 138. So with the pounds I had already lost, I had to lose an extra eight pounds in those last few days before the fight. So I was weak. And I just had, in the fight, I just had to push. I had to find something to make me push. And thank God I came out with the victory. You felt weak during the fight. What was the conversation you were having with your father in between the rounds? I mean, obviously, he, he realized that, you know, things weren't at 100% inside the ring where you're having the fight. So what kind of conversation was your father having with you um, in between rounds in that fight? Well, my father, he's the type to tell you, if you're losing, you're losing. But he didn't tell me I was losing. He told me that it was real close. Um, so with him telling me that, I knew that I had to put more effort into it. And I did, I tried my best, I did, and 
like I said, I came out with the victory. Now, going back to your boxing style, what do you think is your biggest strength? What is the, the one thing that you feel that you do the best inside that ring? Your strength, your biggest strength inside the ring. What do you think is the best weapon that you have or the best thing that you do inside the ring? My best weapon inside the ring, I would, I would say, is my right hand. Well, have you? Is that something that you feel came naturally to you, or is it something that you have developed inside the gym throughout the years that you've been training? Both, I I developed it naturally, and I improved it in the gym by you know strengthening it also with different workouts that we had. So it it just gets better. Who would you say? Are your influences? Who do you like to watch um, box, and who do you like to maybe take little things and try them out on the gym on your own? Um, I like to watch. I like to watch Mark Two Sharp Johnson um, and Javante Davis. Javante Davis trains in the gym with you. Yes. Now you've seen the rise of Javante Davis. We. No, people that are into boxing know his story. Uh, you know, he probably, he, the fact that he comes maybe from a little bit of harder life than, than most and the, where he has gone into, you know, a world champion, um, moving up to a different division. What can you tell us about how it influences you being around a world champion like that and, and seeing what he does inside the ring and maybe applying it to what you're going to be doing uh, as a pro? Um, it's just everything because I've been around him since three years old because I've been in the gym since I was three. So I've seen every I've seen everything that he's been through. I can understand it. And most of his most of his strength is because of what he's what he's went through. So me watching him, I feel like it'll make me better also. Just not by his, not by what he's doing in in a in a uh, ring, but also how he carries himself outside the ring. Let's talk a little bit about the future. When is your uh, debut? My debut is December twenty eighth on the Davis versus Gamble undercard. Mm, so you're gonna be fighting on the same card as Gervonta Davis. Yep, I don't think my fight will be shown on a televised card, but it will be on the live stream for Showtime. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you already have... Uh, it's going to be in Atlantic City, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it's in Atlanta. Yeah. It's in Atlanta, Atlanta or... Yes, it's in Atlanta, Atlanta. Georgia, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, it's going to be a four-rounder? Yep, four-rounder. And who's your opponent? Do they have an opponent for you yet? Yeah, my opponent, her name is... Crystal, Crystal Bias, she's from Ohio. What do you know about her? Um, what I know about her, I don't, I don't really like to look into my opponents before I fight. It's just, you know, fill them out when I get in the ring and do what I have to do. What are you trying to prove uh, with this performance? Obviously, it's your debut. It's going to be on a much larger card than a lot of pro debuters, male or female, 
get to have their pro debut. I mean, most of the time it's a club show somewhere in a, in a small venue. Now you're going to be fighting in an arena on an undercard of uh, Gervonta Davis against uh, Jirokis Gamboa, you know, so what are you trying to prove to the pro boxing world with this fight? I believe this is just the beginning because I'm the future of women's boxing. Uh, it's, it's very rare for women to make their pro debut on this big platform. Um, so I'm lucky, and I want to thank Devontae for that, but I'm lucky to, to have this opportunity because a lot of women will never have this opportunity to have their pro debut on such a big card like this. It's always, like you said, on small cards and a small venue. You just made the claim right now that you are the future of boxing, and you're not the first woman to say that. So what is it about Mia Ellis that is different than other female boxers that stated that, that they're the future of boxing? What is it about you that makes it true? that makes it true is uh, that I work hard every day. I'm disciplined. A lot of women, they think it's different because they're female, but it's not. You got to work just as hard as the men. And you got, you got, you have to be dedicated to the sport. And this is, this is your job. So work hard every day and do your best. So with me, that's what I do every day. And I feel like that's what's going to make me the future of boxing. Let's talk a little bit about some different topics in women's boxing. One of them is being the two-minute round against the three-minute round. What are your thoughts? Do you rather fight three minutes? Have you ever fought three minutes? Do you train and spar three minutes? Or do you keep it at two minutes? What are your thoughts about that rule? My thoughts about the rule, I think it's, I think it's good that they're letting women fight three-minute rounds because, I well, me personally, I've sparred three minute rounds. I don't spar no less than three minute rounds. So either way, I'll be ready for that. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea. Who do you see, or who do you like watching? You mentioned you like watching Garanta Davis, Mark Tushop Johnson. But as far as women's boxing, who do you see as uh, somebody that's doing the right things for female boxing? Well, first, I would say Clarissa Shields because she won the Olympics, what, two times? Mm -hmm. She's the undisputed champion right now in her professional career, so she's definitely doing the right thing for women's boxing. Yeah, I like Ann Wolf back in her time, and now I, I like Katie Taylor. Where do you see yourself in five years? You're a pro. You fought plenty of times in five years. Where is Mia Ellis in her boxing career in five years? In five years, I see me being the champion of many divisions. Um, 24 months, actually, I would like to face Katie Taylor. So, yeah, after that, I, I will be the champion. Before we go, why don't you go ahead and share all your social platforms and your social media and where everybody can find you so they can follow your career from the very beginning, because we're talking to you before you even go pro. So if people listen to this interview, they'll be able to follow you from the very beginning. So why don't you go ahead and share all your uh, social platforms, social media? 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at MedKillerB1, and my Twitter is MedKillerB. All right. Well, anything else you want to say in closing before uh, we let you go? Yeah, I would like to thank you, Mr. Felipe, for having me on your podcast. And I would like to thank Javante Davis for this opportunity, having me on his card. I would like to thank Coach Calvin Ford, my dad, Kenny Ellis, and also my stable mates from the gym, and my PR, Wendy Richardson. Uh, I would also like to thank Mayweather Promotions because they had a big part of this, put me on the card also. Oh, perfect. Now, um, I want to thank you for pronouncing my name right. And not a lot of people do that, especially from out there <laughs> in, in the East Coast. I don't know if you guys see my name that often out there. So I want to thank you. And thank you for being with us and giving us the opportunity to speak to you before you go pro and and be able to follow you in your whole journey. We wish you all the best of luck. And I'm sure that we'll have you again on our show, the, uh, the two-minute round a podcast and uh thank you for being with us thank you Thank you for joining us here on another edition of Fresh Faces. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter.com at 2 Minute Round, as well as listening to our show every other Thursday at blogtalkradio.com forward slash 2 Minute Round with David Avila, Lupe Gutierrez, and myself, Felipe Leon. Also, for the latest news in female boxing, please visit theprizefighters.com.